Hello, y'all, and welcome to Jackalope Tale, music and urban legends. I'm your host, Charles Mooney. And I'm Lisa Umbarger. And also with us today is our production crew, Jenny, Jeannie, and on the board, the self-appointed fungineer, Sam. Hey, hey. Hey, Sam. So, you know, I was thinking of things that have kind of influenced us to do a podcast like this. Right. The Jackalope Tales podcast. And it brings back a memory because I think this was, I mean, we had the time where we learned about Jane's addiction and what their approach was to what's real and what's not. But that also brought to mind back in our toady days, there was a contest that we turned in an application for. And it was Best Unsigned Band. I think it was about 1989 that we may have done this. And we ended up getting uh, accepted as one of the, I think it was four other bands. And we were going to Hollywood. Yeah, I remember. And before they came to film us and send us off to Hollywood, they sent us a questionnaire. Yep. And I remember we were practicing on our old used store at Space on Beach Street in Fort yep. Worth. And we got that questionnaire, and it was all the crappy, just generic kind of questions of like, who are your influences? Where did your name come from? Who your baby daddy? Yeah, exactly. And uh, we kind of finished practicing, and we went up to the Whataburger mm-hmm. there on Beach Street. And we sat around, and we got to the question of, where did your name come from? And we were just like wanting to just BS the whole thing because we didn't care. We were young, just like, oh, this is so stupid. And we came up with the story where we were Star Trek fans. Huge, huge Trekkies. Yes. And we came up with uh, the details that we went to a Star Trek convention. Never happened. No, it didn't. But it it was great for the story. And we were waiting in line to get William Shatner's autograph. And it was taking too long for us to get through the line. So we started cutting through and trying to get closer and closer. And William Shatner noticed and he said, what a bunch of toadies. I love that lie. And the power of that story, I realized when we ended up in Hollywood, And they were filming us for, like, the little interviews before we'd go on stage and play. And it was John Wesley Harding. Yes. You remember him? I do. And he sat down with us, and his first question was, so you got your name from William Shatner? (laughs) And (laughs) we didn't know what the hell to think, so we just started playing along. And, of course, your line was just (laughs) spot on because... He said, so you got your name from William Shatner? And you said, yes, we call him Bill. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, oh, my God, this is fucking amazing. (laughs) And so that whole thing, they thought, yo, you, you got your name from a Star Trek convention. So that made us feel like, yeah, this stuff can be really powerful. It is a jackalope tale. It is. And it was a powerful jackalope tale. And do you remember who one of the judges was at that uh, contest? Uh, Who was it? Christine McVie. Oh, yes. The wonderful, amazing, talented Christine McVie. And I'm a huge, huge Fleetwood Mac fan. Yeah. And I remember I was 
really nervous mm-hmm. to meet her and I got really drunk after we played <laughs> and I wore a lampshade on my head <laughs> when I met her. <laughs> well, at least you did it after the uh, contest. Right. I so waited till after we played. <laughs> yeah. No. Oh, that was that was fun. And I think there's even a I've got a video of it on my YouTube channel. Not to plug anything, but you should plug uh, away. Yeah, plug away. Uh, <laughs> But talking about jackalope tales. um, Give me one. Well, there's one about the band Kiss. Everyone's favorite. Oh, my gosh. One of my favorites. They're the first clowns of rock. Oh, my God. I mean, I was born in 1968. So what? I was nine when they were getting big, big, big in 1977. Oh, listen, they sucked me in with that makeup and those leather costumes. Right. I was pulled right in. (laughs) And um, no wonder my parents were a little concerned. (laughs) Kiss was um, on top of the world. So powerful and just everyone was just amazed by them. So it wasn't as if, if the music were enough. Marvel Comics decided to do a special comic book of the band Kiss. Heck yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So according to the story, band members had their actual blood drawn to be mixed with the ink used to print the original run of comic books. That is so awesome. <laughs> it really That's is. so rock and roll. I mean, can you imagine how they'd be nowadays about blood being in the ink and in a magazine that kids are holding? Hmm. I don't think it'd go over well. Well, I don't know. There still seems to be a definite market for bands' bodily fluids. <laughs> there is. We'll even have another one after this one. But uh, in the comic book, Kiss faced off against Mephisto Um, (laughs) and Doctor Doom. So what did Mephisto look like? I have a vision in my head. I'm sure he was bald. I don't know. (laughs) I just see a giant fist. (laughs) He could have been Meat Fisto. I know. (laughs) That would be awesome. (laughs) Right? So, and then, yes, Marvel wanted to include the blood in the ink as a promotional idea to boost the book's sales. So, during a 1977 concert stop, the band flew to New York to have their blood drawn, Hmm. and they even had it documented by a cameraman with them donning their makeup and costumes. And then the blood that they put into vials was then poured into vats of ink, making it the first comic book ever to be printed in blood. Hmm. I know. The first comic book that became a hazmat issue. (laughs) Exactly. And you can actually find these comic books on eBay. Depending on the grade quality, okay, they go from as low as $200 up to $2,000. See, there so. still is a market for bodily fluid. I know. I, I have a question based on what you said. Mm-hmm. You, The thing that struck me was first ever comic printed in blood. How many more comics have been printed <laughs> in blood? <laughs> None that I'm aware of. We're planning on one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> 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 but in even the comic book said in the fr- on the cover, printed in real kiss blood. Heck yeah. That's so rock and roll. It is. It's rock and roll. Just anytime blood is included. 
It's rock and roll. Why, why don't they do something else like that? Like maybe, well, this isn't a, a rock guy, but Jason Momoa, if he sold his sperm, do you know how much people would pay for that? Oh, my God. I think people should, famous <laughs> people should sell bodily fluids more. I think it would really take off. I think so, too. Yeah. I mean, I'm I got uh, Jason on the speed dial here. I think I'll give him a call later. <laughs> Check about the donations. <laughs> yes, yes, I know. Let me know what you find out. So, But then we've got the blood part of it. Right. And now we're going to go to the tears. Oh. I know. The tears from humans. And in this case, it's the fallout boys. Is it boy or boys? I think it's fallout boy. Boys. Boy. Okay. Not with the boy. Z. Okay. That's the Fallout boy. Right. So we're going to call this one... Fallout Boy cries for vinyl. Crinal. Yes. They're, it's for their new record, So Much for Stardust. I haven't heard it. I haven't either. It's been issued as a limited press of 50 vinyl records that contains real tears from the band members mixed in the wax. <sighs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Whatever. Oh, I mean, but wait, let me say one more thing before you comment. Okay. How it's packaged? Yeah. The record is stored in a gatefold box with a built-in tissue dispenser. Okay. No. Mm-mm. Now, Crinal, mm-hmm. I guess they're calling it's the company that does this where they put tears in the vinyl wax. Mm-hmm. Uh, They say about this, the ultimate in emotional fidelity. Music is more than just sound waves. It's passion, struggle, and emotion. That's why we developed a new kind of record, one that contains the artist's actual tears. When you listen to a crinal release, you're not just listening to what the artist played, you're feeling what they felt. Okay. I take your crinal and I raise you to diarrheanals. <laughs> I was thinking with Soul Shifter, the band we're currently in, mm-hmm. we need to come up with seminal. <gasps> now, I can't do that, but you can. Just because there won't be expectations, I don't want to put it on a 12 inch record. <laughs> I, I want it. Made into a 45 because it's over before you know it. Oh, da. You got the dad jokes. Yeah, yes, dad joke. <laughs> but can you imagine, like, okay, so if punk rock was still alive today, mm-hmm. which it's dead and it's disappointing that it's not uh, <laughs> rising up again, because right. I thought it would, I predicted this, because they would make a diarrhea and all, <laughs> and, and I would buy that. I would buy the brown vinyl. Oh, my God. Yes. Like, Gigi Allen, I wish he was still around so he could do something with this. Yeah. Mm. In, in response, just like, here, here's your, here's your answer to your crinal fallout boy, <laughs> Pete Wentz. <laughs> that would be so punk. Right? I would love that. All the good punks are dead. Mm-hmm. And no one's around to do this. So we might have to do this. We might have to push the envelope. Gigi Allen was... Known as Gigi Allen in the mm-hmm. punk rock days. Right. But he's known for being disgusting. Exactly. So he used to, on stage, cut himself, throw himself off a stage and hurt himself. But yep. what he's really, two things he's famous for, pooping on stage and eating it. Yeah. And then for a final curtain call, he actually died on stage and no one knew it. 
Mm-hmm. People were That's applauding, right. going, man, that was so punk rock what he just did, and he actually was dead. Yeah. <laughs> not to laugh at death, no, but I don't think he not. would have had it any other way. No, there's no other way he could have gone out. Right. He died doing what he loves. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Pooping on stage. So that's why we need to make poop vinyl. I'm in. Yeah. So any poop vinyl manufacturers hit me up. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Maybe you can just send your poop in just like a... In a box? The whole, yeah. The testing for your... Oh, yes. Hey, uh, Gigi Allen dying on stage is actually a jackalope tail. (gasps) Future episode. Oh. Or did we just just blow it? Did we blow it? No. Uh, Maybe. I think we share it again. We'll tell the story in more detail later. There you go. Yes. Because there could be, so, like you tease. said, so many about him. Well, I got a really crazy one. And this is about a band I really don't know much about because I'm not a K-pop person. Are you a K-pop person? No. And I'm glad to say it. So there's a, there's a band. Well, actually, there's a guy named J-Hope. J-Hope. Okay. Okay. Got it. He's in a band. He's really famous. The band's called BTS. And it's really funny because when mm. I was talking about this earlier, I kept calling it BTK, which is another, <laughs> that's another podcast. Shout out to My Favorite Murder. Amen to that. All right. So let me get into this story. I guess when you're in the biggest band, boy band in the world, you can kind of do whatever you want. You can have weird kinks or whatever. Mm-hmm. Right. So here's what he does. Listen to this. Jay. I'm just going to call him Jay because it's like we're on a Jay first name. Okay. Yeah. We're on a first name basis. So right. Jay has an earwax collection. Oh. Here's the <laughs> kicker. The earwax is little tiny sculptures of penises. What? Yes. And he keeps the little tiny earwax sculptures <laughs> in a seven, <laughs> seven shelf curio cabinet. And it's temperature controlled and it's got a humidor in it. <laughs> To keep the earwax from, I mean, you know, got to protect the sculptures. Well, I mean, yeah, wax can melt. (laughs) So, and you don't want your wax sticks going limp. (laughs) (laughs) So my biggest question with this is. And this is Jay? This is the sweet little J-Hope. Have you seen him? He's cute. I did look him up. They're just cute little well, I guess they're men now, but they, you know, they have these cute little pixies faces and they're just yeah. cute. Yeah. And then now when I look at them, all I can see is these little tiny brown earwax penises. Oh my. It's just, <laughs> there's an unsavoriness about it. And so my biggest question is, is it, is he the only donor of the earwax? Or That's do, what I'm starting to like wonder. Fan? Does he have something with some ear doctors? Where right. <laughs> what they donated? clean out? Yeah. And who sculpts them? Is this like a hobby? I know. And you got to have a <laughs> lot of wax right. to, to make a one sculpture. Or like mixed ear wax, and that's even worse. Oh. And then if it has some ear hair in it? Oh. Uh, yeah. Uh. Yeah. I did not see a picture of it. I read this on the internet, and it was in a Korean, like, Teen beat type thing. Oh my God. So, <laughs> some things might be lost in, in a translation. Right? They're talking about your wax dicks. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. <laughs> Just like our teen magazines. Welcome to Teen Beat. Look yeah. at the little tiny penises. Yeah. And he's a Taurus. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> and he enjoys walks down cool lanes. <laughs> oh, and you know what? You're in his inner circle if you he shows you his earwax dicks. <laughs> hey, Sam, do you collect anything in a curio cabinet? I don't have any earwax penises. Well, not anything you collect. Sam oh, collects the souls of his enemies. Oh. <laughs> Tons of those. <laughs> well, surprise for you, on the way into the uh, studio now is some earwax that we've collected for you, and you can sculpt it into whatever you want. Mm. So uh, when you hear the knock at the door, you need to answer it. New hobby starts now. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder after you hold them, do you want to smell your fingers? <sighs> I know. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and and then uh, actually you could probably like go to Hobby Lobby and find the earwax collection thing where you can do like special sculptures with earwax. I wonder if we can find little tiny horns to put on them and make little jackalopes. <gasps> Candles. The Hobby Lobby earwax candle is for holidays. <laughs> okay, so let's go through let's do a quick rundown. Yes. Through these jackalope or ja- not jackalope tales. So the kiss blood uh, there was documented evidence of it by a cameraman. Well, it's on and, print, too. And it's on the cover of the Marvel comic book. So that is definitely a true one. And then we have Fallout Boys Cries for Vinyl. That one, I saw the website where they were even selling the record. That's for real. I know. That's sad. Yeah, it is. 50 of them. That's a lot of tears. I so. wonder, did you check into how much they're selling for now? I didn't they see on 50. eBay. They they were retail for a hundred. Oh, I know, not that much. No one know. wants their tears. No, no. Okay, and J Hope. Oh, so you I, said any kind of I don't speculation know. about yeah. it. So I don't know about this one. I hope it's true. I hope it's true too. Yeah. But right now, until we can get it totally. Yeah, we can't really say yes or no, so it's going to have to be a jackalope tail. We got tail. a jackalope tail. So yep. we got two for reals, mm-hmm. one jackalope tail. Yep. Exactly. That's a pretty good haul this week. Musician's Last Supper. Now Gra- it's time for the Lone Star Salute. Dio! Woo! <laughs> this is where we read reviews of concerts, albums, anything to do with music. And in order to be read at this moment, it has to be a one star. I'm sure there are a few one-stars on this band. Nickelback. I love them. Do you? No. They're Canadian. I love Canada. Oh, exactly. (laughs) 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 But it's about their album, Feed the Machine. And the reviewer's name is Ben Tang. (laughs) That's made up. Oh, well, I don't know. Do you like Tang? I love it. remember Tang? I have never tasted it. It was orange powder. I think you have to drink it on the moon, so I decided no. (laughs) Okay, yeah. I mean, there may be a prerequisite to it. So Ben Tang had to say about Nickelback's Feed the Machine, I listened to this album, and I was very disappointed. Same. I mean, poor Nickelback fan. (laughs) I discovered if you play the album backwards, it sounded like the devil was singing. Then I discovered something much, much worse. If you listen to the album going forward, Chad Kroger is singing. (laughs) (laughs) He concluded his one-star review as saying, 
I would rather listen to a microphone in a portable toilet on a construction site than this album again. So he liked it. Ah, it sounds like a, it sounds like a one and a half star to me, uh, but Ben Tang is not a fan of that Nickelback album. Yes. So, oh, I love it. I know it was it was insightful. I mean, not that I'd ever even wanted to buy it, but now I really don't want to buy it. Right. So yeah. So listen to our Spotify list because it'll be on it. Yes, that's it's perfect. Genius. Yep. So. I have a review that's a personal review because oh, you mentioned Kiss. I did. Kiss. So, July 13th, 1996, Kiss was on tour, and it was the first tour back with, for Ace and Peter Chris. Whoa. Because they, they had been touring without them. And it was no longer just the clean faces. They put the makeup back on, the they, costumes. Yes. Did oh. you go to that tour? Oh, no, I didn't. Couldn't find a ticket. <laughs> so we were playing across town with the Chili Peppers, we being the Toadies. Mm-hmm. And we've opened, so we had enough time to go catch Kiss. Wow. So we drove over, caught Kiss, and um, I can't remember what it was. It was, it was in St. Paul. I can't remember what the venue was. Mm-hmm. It was sold out. It was crazy. Kids in face paint. It was nuts. And um, we missed the opening band, which was the Melvins. Which, what? Yeah. The Melvins opened up. Oh, my God. Now, and, that uh, would have been good. Yeah. That was so kick-ass, and, but I didn't get to see them. So we got there just in time for the first song, and they sounded great. Mm, they sounded okay. great. That's not the one-star part. The one-star part is we were witnessing, and this is not fat shaming, fat kiss. So oh, no. they were out of shape and a little pudgy. And I can say this because as a person who deals with pudgy on a daily basis— I can say this, but Gene was wearing, you know how he wears the chains across his chest? Right. That that little vest bondage thing? Yes. His man boobs were spilling out over, and it was weird. Oh. And so we were just kind of looking at him going, yeah, I wish they'd worn something else. Right. That was not the one-star part either, though. Oh, no. The one-star part? Well, let's get to it. So Gene on God of Thunder... He had a cherry picker raise him up off the stage into the rafters, and in the rafters there was a little stage, a little platform up there. Okay. And he was going to go up on that little platform. In the cherry picker. In the cherry picker and just step up there and sing God of Thunder. Oh, right? what a moment. Which would have been so awesome. Oh, my God. When he spits blood. Yes. yes. And breathe fire, whatever. Yep. So gets up, and the cherry picker doesn't quite get him up to where he needs to go. And so with his big, giant, like, 10-inch... Demon boot. Yeah, yeah. demon boots trying to get it up on the platform. Uh-huh. It's not quite making it. <laughs> he doesn't have the, the core strength to get up there. So one of the crew had to, had to cl- scale the cherry picker on the side of it, climbed up, and gave him a little nudge of his butt and pushed him <laughs> on the platform. <laughs> and he got up there... And he sang God of Thunder. And um, I was laughing so hard by this time that there were a couple, I was like bent over, tears were shooting out of my eyes, and I had my hands on my knees, and I was laughing really hard, and a couple Kiss fans were going to kick my butt because I was laughing so hard. Like, Quit making fun of Gene! And, um, and <laughs> That's just sacrilege to make Which, fun of Gene. Exactly. But that wasn't the one star either. Oh, Because that was, that was awesome. What? The one star was, I missed the Melvins. Oh, I get it. I get it. 
That's my that's my Lone Star salute. <laughs> that's a good one. I mean, Gene and a cherry picker. <laughs> I'm telling you, that's the sign of age. Oh man, I forgot one th- other thing. So uh-huh. they were still getting back in shape and stuff, and. Peter Chris, they were like, now for a drum solo from Peter Chris. Welcome um. back, Peter. And, <laughs> and he did boom, 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 boom. <laughs> and he did that three times, and that was his drum solo. Oh, boom, my boom, God. Boom, boom. <laughs> and, again, I laughed so hard, I almost got my ass kicked. <laughs> That was awesome. Because you were just belittling the entire Kiss band. Right. Oh, my God. What a reunion show. I know. It was awesome. (laughs) Kiss really was great that night. Oh, my God. That does sound like a one star. Well, the one star being the Melvins. Right. Exactly. Oh, man. What a moment for you. Totally. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad you got out early of your show to go to that one. Yep. Oh. So, everybody, we'd like to thank you for listening. And please check out Jackalope Tales on all the socials. Subscribe, rate, and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and anywhere else you get your podcasts. And join us next time as we question, is it real or is it a Jackalope Tale? <laughs>